Brexit is still very much dominating the headlines. And this week, we consider some comments by Donald Tusk about the idea of hell and a place being reserved in it for Brexiteers. This is Matt Davies joining you. As students of Bible prophecy, we believe that the Tarshish power mentioned in the Bible correlates to the power of Britain. In latter-day Bible prophecy, this Tarshish power is listed as being separate from the powers of Russia, North Africa, Iran, the Turkic nations and, more importantly, Europe. These powers are prophesied to unite into one superpower confederacy, whilst Tarshish remains separate, trading in the area of the Gulf and being allied with her independent political offspring. The superpower invades Israel and this event sees the return of Jesus Christ to the earth who will defeat the invaders, save the Jews and establish his kingdom on the earth. The dawn of a new age of peace and righteousness will then be ushered into being and God's glory will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. For us then, Brexit is very much in keeping with the events we expect to unfold before Jesus Christ returns. Britain's destiny lies outside of the EU and in the direction of the Gulf. The current situation is fascinating. The UK government cannot get any agreement from Parliament on a negotiated leaving deal with the EU. The EU does not want to negotiate. It seems it is gridlocked and the default position will happen, which is that the UK leaves with no deal. The only reason this has even happened is because Leave MPs insisted that Parliament has a vote on any negotiated deal, probably because they thought they could derail Brexit completely. However, this in itself is making a no-deal Brexit more likely. The Brexit negotiations have recently become quite heated. This is what Donald Tusk the President of the European Council stated in a recording published on YouTube by the Daily Mail on the 6th of February 2019. By the way, I've been wondering what that special place in hell looks like for those who promoted Brexit without even a sketch of a plan how to carry it safely. Thank you. Later, Guy Volstatched the European Parliament's chief Brexit negotiator, referencing Mr Tusk's comments, later tweeted, Well, I doubt Lucifer would welcome them, as after what they did to Britain, they would even manage to divide hell. Theresa May, the Br British Prime Minister, responded on the next day, the 7th of February, in an interview recorded by The Guardian. She stated the following... No, first of all, I've raised with uh, President Tusk the language that he used yesterday, which was not helpful and caused widespread dismay in the United Kingdom. And the point I made to him is that we should both be working to ensure that we can deliver a close relationship between the United Kingdom and the European Union in the future, and that's what he should be focusing on. Crucially, President Juncker and I have agreed that talks will now uh, start to find a way through this, to find a way to get this over the line and to deliver on the concerns that Parliament has so we get a majority in Parliament. Uh, and I'm clear that I am going to deliver Brexit. I'm going to deliver it on time. That's what I'm going to do for the British public. I'll be negotiating hard in the coming days to do just that. So it seems Brexit is not going to be derailed. 
Even if negotiations fail, it still seems Britain will be leaving the EU on a no-deal basis. And this is, of course, would increase the probability of other global trade deals coming into play exactly as we might expect from our understanding of Bible prophecy. This is what Nigel Farage, ex-leader of UKIP, had to say in an interview for Talk Radio with Julia Hartley Brewer. This is her introducing Nigel Farage on her show. When we uh, saw uh, what Donald Tusk had had to say about uh, the Brexiteers having a special place in hell uh, yesterday, the first person I think many of us would have thought of is, who does he mean? Well, he probably means Nigel Farage, doesn't he? Well, let's uh, talk to Nigel Farage about what uh, Donald Tusk, the EU Council President, had to say. Uh, Former UKIP leader and independent MEP joins me. Good morning to you. Yes, good morning. Good. I think it was me. Above, above all, it was me he was thinking of, because, of course, I meet these characters every month in the European Parliament, so I have the misfortune of knowing them. Um, you've been quite, you've been, to be fair, you've been quite rude about quite a lot oh, of them over the no, years no, as well. No, 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 no. Van Rompuy, who are you? Yes, I teased him. I teased him. I said he had the charisma of a damp rag and we'd never heard of him. I was teasing him. It was a joke. It was funny. It wasn't insulting when Tusk said a special place in hell for those who were the architects of Brexit. You actually listen to the tone of his voice. You look at his eyes. He meant it. It's a very, very big difference, I would suggest. And then, of course, it was backed up a few hours later by the even more appalling Guy Verhofstadt who then tweeted, hell's too good for them. I mean, these are not very nice people. Uh, the reality is, of course, they, they could be working for the Leave campaigns, couldn't they? Because there are so many people who have the, such a reaction to that. And certainly for me, uh, I think it, it reminds me exactly why I did vote uh, to Leave. And I've yes. spoken to quite a lot of Remain supporters who've said they've been appalled by the way the EU's behaved. Why do you think that, though, I mean, look, you're a politician, you can speak freely. He's a diplomat. He's paid by, in part, British taxpayers' uh, money. Um, and he's supposed to be representing not just the EU27 at this point, He's not the negotiator. He's supposed to be representing all 28. We haven't left the EU as yet. What do you make of why he is speaking like this in these terms at this time, Mm. 50 days to go to Brexit? They're scared. They're genuinely scared. You know, I sat next to Juncker and Barnier last Wednesday in the European Parliament. I I gave a speech about the way forward. um, And I actually said in that speech, Julia, that their arrogance was driving British public opinion towards a WTO Brexit. And it's the first time I've seen Juncker and Barnier look scared. And this is what's going on. They now think that a WTO no-deal Brexit is possible. They are getting huge pressure put upon them from German industry, French industry, Italian industry, all of whom are saying, look, come on, grow up, reach a deal with the UK, otherwise it's our goods being sold into the British market that are going to get more expensive. Um, and don't forget, we've got European elections coming up in May as well. You know, they are trying to stop what they see as a surge in the populist vote. Um, and they're now beginning to worry whether they've overplayed their hand. I only wish the British Prime Minister realised she's potentially in quite a strong position. It does indeed seem that the EU strategy looks to be failing. It would appear from comments EU leaders have arrogantly made throughout this process that what they thought they could do is play hardball with Brexit negotiators. The reasoning behind this would appear to be that this would cause the UK to either back down on negotiating a favourable deal for the UK 
or cancel Brexit altogether. The Protestant spirit still exists in British culture, though, and democracy and the vote of the people is something that most politicians still value, and so cancelling Brexit, although voiced in some quarters, is not on the cards at the moment. With the difficulty of getting anything through Parliament, even if a more reasonable deal is negotiated, also looks unlikely. And so, unless things change dramatically, a no deal looks inevitable. However, we watch and we wait as we see world events being brought into line by the angels of heaven. We do not know all of the twists and the turns, but we do know the end state as revealed in the scriptures of truth. We know that God is ultimately in control of all of these things, as it states in Daniel 4.17, The Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the basest of men. Before ending this week's Bible in the news, it might be worth also saying a few things about the concept of hell in the Bible. The idea that it is a fiery place of torment into which your immortal soul goes should you be deemed unworthy of a place in heaven is not taught in the Bible. Firstly, the concept of having an immortal soul is not a Bible teaching. It is very clear in the Bible that a soul simply means a living creature, not something that leaves the body upon death. This soul can die and is therefore not immortal. And this can be seen by the following verses. The soul that sinneth, it shall die, Ezekiel 18 verse 4. Save a soul from death, James 5 verse 20. He spared not their soul from death, Psalm 78, verse 50. My soul chooseth death rather than my life, Job 7, 15. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day his thoughts perish, Psalm 146, verses 3 and 4. The dead know not anything. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 5 to 6. None can keep alive his own soul. Psalms 22 verse 29. Secondly, the idea of hell being a fiery place of torment for bad souls to go to is not biblical. The original Hebrew word for hell is sheol, which means a covered place. The word hell is the anglicised version of sheol. When we come across hell in our Bibles, we are not reading a word which has been fully translated. This covered place, or hell, is the grave into which unconscious dead bodies are placed. This can be seen, for example, in the following verses. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed and let them be silent in the grave, in Sheol, Psalm 31, verse 17. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, in Sheol, neither wilt thou suffer thine own holy one to see corruption. Psalm 16 verse 10. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, Sheol, the covered place, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Jonah 2 verse 1 to 2. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom 
in the grave, in Sheol, whither thou goest. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10. In the New Testament, where the original language was Greek, the word Hades, that has the same meaning as the Jewish, uh, as the Hebrew word Sheol, is used. There is also another word in the Greek translated as hell, and that's the Greek word Gehenna. This was a place, the rubbish tip outside of Jerusalem, where waste was burned at the time of Christ. And it is from some of the descriptions of this rubbish tip that some of the ideas of eternal hellfire have come. But hell certainly is not a place where the souls of unrepentant sinners are tortured for eternity. Therefore, the idea of a special place being reserved for Brexiteers is also unbiblical. The Bible teaches that because of Adam's sin, all of his posterity are rightly destined to end in hell or the grave. We as humans have a major problem. The problem of sin and a bias towards breaking God's laws and doing things which God hates. Rightly, we will end in the grave. Now, as Christadelphians, we look forward to the resurrection of the sleeping, unconscious dead, of those who have known the gospel and who are therefore responsible to it. We believe a judgment will take place and those who have been found acceptable in God's love, mercy and forbearance will be granted a place with the Lord Jesus Christ to have their bodies changed, to be made immortal and to help him set up and run the kingdom of God on the earth. The doctrine of the resurrection is throughout the scripture. For example, see Psalm 17, 15, Daniel 12, 2, Isaiah 26, 19, Luke 14, 14, John 5, 28 to 29, 6, verse 40 and 11, verse 24. And it is a poke in the eye to the idea that man has an immortal soul. Why would someone need to be raised from the dead if they are already experiencing eternal bliss? It makes no sense. This language of hell is steeped in ancient Catholic dogma, which has corrupted the truth of the Bible and fused it with the ideas of paganism. These ideas are still prevalent, as can be seen by how the word hell has been used today by the politicians. We look forward to a time of truth when these things will be known throughout the earth. As we watch the signs of the times, we see the time fast approaching when the Lord Jesus Christ will return and that resurrection will be a reality. We read in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16 and 17, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught away together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The true hope of the Bible is to find a place in the resurrection of the dead and in the coming kingdom which is to be the restored kingdom of Israel on the earth with the Lord Jesus Christ as the coming King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This has been Matt Davies with you for another Bible in the news. Join us again next week, God willing.